0: You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, July 10th, 2019. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Normally on every Friday show, I break down the three things the Phillies taught us this week, and you guys seem to love that format because it's normally the highest rated episode every week. But this Friday, I'm going to break down three things that the Phillies need to teach us in the second half. Before we get to that, though, with both an incredible home run derby, maybe the best ever in the books, and an all-star game that was relatively uneventful, especially From a Phillies standpoint, I want to go over the three things that the Phillies taught us in the first half of the 2019 season. And we'll start with number one, JT Real Muto, even as he was in the first half, is really, really good. And at the outset of this season, I predicted JT Real Muto would finish in the top 10 in National League MVP voting. He uh, he had been an all-star in Miami, which certainly isn't a hitter's park, as evidenced by how well Christian Yelich has hit since leaving there. And he would also be leaving the Marlins lineup to join a lineup that included Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon, and Gene Segura, among others. His home road splits coming into the season were pretty drastic as well. So the thought was that he would have an offensive explosion. That hasn't happened. Real is hitting two seventy three with 10 home runs and 42 RBIs. He did get hot uh, coming into the All-Star break, but there's still a feeling that There may be and probably needs to be more offensively for Real Muto in the second half because he's having a nice season by catching standards offensively. I think a lot of people expect he would hit closer to 290 and push 25 home runs. Right now, he's a little behind that pace. With that said, that shouldn't overshadow how good of a season he's having just as is. He has a 2.7 F4 and a piece that Jason Ferry wrote on philliesnation.com earlier this week put in perspective how good he's been defensively. JT Realmuto has 10 defensive runs saved, and he's thrown out 26 would-be base stealers. That in itself sounds pretty great because the Phillies haven't consistently had a good defensive catcher since Carlos Ruiz. And then when you compare it to Chooch, the most base stealers Carlos Ruiz ever threw out in an individual season was 33, and the most defensive run saved he ever had in a season was 12. JT Romuto at, at this pace is going to blow those numbers away. And probably the craziest part about all this is even when you compare JT Romuto to what JT Real Muto was a season ago, this is an incredible season because last year he threw out 21 potential base stealers, meaning in the first half of this season he's already thrown out five more base stealers than he did all of last season, and some of that has to do with playing more, but still it's a pretty incredible mark. And last season he actually had negative seven defensive runs saved. He's had negative defensive runs saved three consecutive years coming into 2019. He had made he has made rather incredible strides defensively this year, and I guess it's hard for us to notice that in Philadelphia because we didn't watch him every single moment in Miami, but he's on pace to win a Gold Glove award this year, and regardless of what happens offensively, that part shouldn't be overlooked in the season uh, Real Muto's having. Today's show is brought to you in part by BlueChew.com. BlueChew provides the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis without the name brand price. And since it's a chewable, it works quicker than a pill, so you can be ready whenever a moment arises. They also ship to your house directly in a discreet package, so there's no awkward in-person doctor's visit or waiting in line at the pharmacy. Right now, there's a special deal for Locked On Phillies listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code MLB to take 20% off. That's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. The second thing that the Phillies taught us in the first half of the season is there's not even close to enough depth in the starting rotation. At the beginning of the 2019 season, I think many of us felt that the Phillies lacked a clear number two starter behind Aaron Nola. There was hope that Jake Arietta would have a good bounce back season, but I always thought that hoping for him to be more than a number three at this stage of his career was being unrealistic. And even that turned out to be giving him too much credit at this stage. Arietta entering the second half is a 4.67 ERA, a 5.07 FIP, and Ken Rosenthal and Matt Gelb of The Athletic reported this past weekend after he made his last start at Citi Field that Jake Arrieta has bone spurs in his elbow. If he and the Phillies elect to have that taken care of, he may not pitch again the rest of this season. If they don't elect to have it taken care of and have him pitch through it, Well, that doesn't really seem to be helping anyone at this stage, does it? Uh, Many of us thought Nick Pavetta had a chance to take a major step forward, but his early April was such a disaster, he was optioned to AAA where he spent over a month there. He came back and he was really good in his first three starts, including tossing a complete game against the Reds on June 8th. But since that start, he's allowed nine home runs and four starts. If the season ended today, he would finish with a negative war, which... If you're scoring at home, that is not a good thing. Zach Eflin has two complete games, but since the start of May, he is a 5.24 ERA in five starts. We saw this last year where he had a very nice first half and then kind of collapsed in the second half. This year, I've been warning people the entire season that, yes, he's been probably the Phillies' most consistent starter for, through March, April, and May. But that entire time, he had been outperforming some of his advanced numbers, and when you do that, normally things are going to find their level, and they're doing that, and then some recently. And then the number five spot in the rotation has become a hole, whether it's Vince Velasquez, Cole Irvin, Jared and Eniel De Los Santos, that has become almost an automatic loss where the bullpen's forced to throw six or seven innings, so certainly not ideal. And all of this leaves out the fact that Aaron Nola struggled for the first few months of the season before really hitting his stride in his last four starts before the All-Star break. But it may not matter that he's hit his stride if you look at what's around him. The Phillies legitimately, this is not hyperbole, they do not have one stable starting pitcher behind Aaron Nola right now. And even if you add in that, yeah, they'll probably trade for a pitcher and I don't know that I would even guarantee that that's going to happen. I think it's going to depend on how this first homestand out of the All-Star break where you see the Nationals and the Dodgers goes. But even if you add a starter, you still have three spots in the rotation that aren't good enough, not even close to good enough. They're almost like automatic losses. And people run into this trap where they say, well, you only need three starters really in the postseason. But you have to make it to the postseason. You don't go to a three-man rotation in August. You have to make it to that point, which means... Every one of your starting rotation pitches, and when you have four out of the five that have really not been good, that's a problem. The Phillies, uh, the third thing is that the Phillies may have gone uh, to the well one too many times with certain arms in their bullpen. In spring training, the Phillies appeared to have a bullpen that really had a chance to be a strength of the team. It hasn't been that, which is in thanks in large part to injuries. Uh, Hector Neris and Jose Alvarez are the only two relievers from the opening day eight-man bullpen that haven't had a stint on the injured list. And remember, that doesn't even count Tommy Hunter, who spent the first three months of the season on the injured list. So really, that is just an astronomical amount of relievers to have had on the injured list, which is why when people criticize Gabe Kapler for usage of the bullpen or how he's used them, I, I kind of think he's left to just throw his hands up because the starting rotation hasn't gone deep enough into games. And then the bullpen, w- who's been there, hasn't been particularly good but beyond Hector Naris and Adam Morgan because Hector naris has seized the closer's job, had a great season, and Adam Morgan, who's also had an injury list stint, having the best season of his career. But beyond that, they, just, they haven't been good, period, regardless of who's been out there. Even when David Robertson was healthy, he's been one of the – two or three most stable relievers in baseball over the last decade but he struggled for the first few weeks of the season and he's been on the injured list since then he's targeting a return later this month but still missing your best reliever at least the guy you hoped was that that's forced guys like Juan Nicasio or younger players like JD Hammer or Edgar Garcia into high leverage situations they don't belong in you have Sir Anthony Dominguez who it's a blow that he got injured and. The Phillies are hoping he doesn't have to have Tommy John surgery. He had the injections in his elbow instead, and then we're going to wait and see. I think we should get an answer on how effective those were and what happens moving forward with Seranthe Dominguez. But he wasn't pitching particularly well prior to going down either, so you have that. Tommy Hunter had an elbow injury that kept him out until the final few weeks of the first half. The good news is he looked very good when he came back, but Matt he he's going to have his work cut out prior to the trade deadline and uh, this offseason stabilizing and rebuilding the rotation. A bullpen, I think, is a much easier thing to fix in one offseason than a starting rotation, and right now it looks like Matt Klintzak's going to have to do both because some of the bullpen stuff will come with guys like Edgar Garcia, uh, J.D. Hammer, them just coming of age, Sir Anthony Dominguez, the Phillies hope we'll get healthy, but in terms of some of the guys you're counting on the rest of the 2019 season, Pat Neshek, Juan Nicasio, Tommy Hunter, David Robertson, you fear you went to the well one too many times with them, and that's going to come back to burn you. Pat Nishek has been on the injured list twice this season. Juan Nicasio hasn't been injured, but or he has been injured, excuse me. He was injured briefly, and when he's pitched, he hasn't been particularly effective. Tommy Hunter, I mean, you missed three months of the season. Regardless of how good he is the rest of the season, that's a red flag. So that's the just the trio, even if you leave out David Robertson, the trio of Pat Neshek, Juan Nicasio, and Tommy Hunter are making $25 million combined or in that neighborhood this season. When you add in David Robertson, it's over... Thirty-five million, almost. So, the good news in that sense, if you do, if you have gone back to the well one too many times, is that Nieshek, Nicasio, and Tommy Hunter—they're all off the books at the end of the season. I don't expect the Phillies to bring any of them back next season. That may provide Matt Klinsack with a chance to revamp the bullpen in the coming off-season. Unfortunately, even if the Phillies make one trade for a reliever this uh, trade deadline. They're still largely relying on some of these guys coming back healthy, and that may end up working. But what we know the first few months of the season is this bullpen simply isn't good enough. And part of it is they've gone to the well one too many times on some of these veteran arms. You can read my work on philliesnation.com. Follow me on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports. We have a couple more Phillies off days, and then they will welcome the Washington Nationals into town, and then they'll have a four-game series with the Dodgers. So, Uh, It's kind of put up or shut up time for the 2019 Phillies. And I don't know if that's exciting, but it's going to happen. And we shall see at the end of this week. I'll talk to you guys next time.